0: Okay, so we um, are kind of in a a fun, interesting spot where we've been doing this thing uh, where we've been going um, obviously from the start of the Bible and Genesis and we're trying to get as a youth group all the way to the very end, right? So that the idea is if you uh, have come to this youth group uh, by the end of it all, for a couple of years, you would have heard the entire Bible, which I think is a pretty unique thing for kids your age. Uh, most folks your age that believe in God just believe in what everyone has told them and or has be- believe in uh, things they understand about the Bible, but there's a lot of things that we don't know. And so we're trying to get the whole picture of the Bible, uh, the story of of God and us in our heads, right? <clears throat> and so... We're kind of in between series right now because there's a couple books right here in this section that we're in right now that don't fit necessarily into, like, this bigger grand scheme of things, right? And so we uh, we did Genesis, Exodus. We did, uh, what, Canon Event. We did uh, the House of David, which was uh, a big one. And so now we're kind of in between. In a few weeks, we're going to be starting a new series all about... Uh, Prayer, worship, and wisdom. It's going to be really, really good. And so that's going to cover Job, Psalms, Proverbs, uh, and uh, some of the other things going into that. So it's going to be a really good time. We're going to have a lot of response time during that series where we're praying and we're uh, worshiping. We're just kind of spending time with the Lord together. I'm excited for that. But the next two weeks, uh, everybody say two weeks. Um, I'm going to do... Kind of two random messages, okay? Not random because they're in the order of what we're reading, but it's going to not have like a series graphic or anything like that. So tonight, um, we are uh, going to talk about Ezra and Nehemiah. Everybody say Ezra, Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, these are two books that uh, happened right after 1st and 2nd. First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, right? The books that we just finished uh, learning about. And so this is Ezra and Nehemiah. And um, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited also. I want to I kind of plug it real quick. On uh, Friday night up on the mountain, I'm going to preach a message called, drum roll please. The furious love of Jesus. Furious. So we'll just leave it at that. It's going to be fire. You're going to want to be there. There might be tears. I'm probably going to cry. We'll see. But it's going to be good. We're going to spend some time together. It's going to be really fun up the mountain. So if you haven't signed up already, um, sign up, you know, tonight. It's going to be great. Okay, so we are tonight talking about Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra and Nehemiah were two men uh, that were uh, Israelites. Uh, but if you remember, at the end of First and Second Kings, First and 2 Chronicles, we see that the the kingdom of Israel was kind of on a decline does everybody remember that raise your hand if you remember that That things were kind of good with David and kind of good with Solomon and then after that it's kind of going like this right and so uh, Israel gets conquered again the Israelites actually are exiled the temple is destroyed the walls are broken down the city is nothing like what it looked like before and so You'll see, even as we move forward into uh, later books in the Old Testament, that they'll be kind of referencing or in the time of this time where where uh, the Israelites were exiled out of their home living in Babylon. Everybody say Babylon. Okay, so we have some uh, interesting things here. So I'm just going to read. i can throw it up on the screen now. This is Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, everybody say Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. In order to fulfill the word of the Lord uh, by the mouth of Jeremiah, which we'll read the book of Jeremiah later, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he sent a proclamation through all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever there is among you, all his people, may his God be with him. Let him go to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. Which is interesting because this is Cyrus, king of Persia, and he sounds more uh, like The king of Israel he sounds actually better than probably the last 15 kings that they had right he's saying God has given me all of this and I think the people of God should go back to the city of God and rebuild uh, the temple right and so this is kind of where we're at and tonight's message isn't going to be like this hit home preachy I'm kind of just going to teach you about these characters is that okay can I just teach tonight and then I'm going to preach on Friday night, okay? So i got to save it all for that. Uh, but we're just going to kind of learn together, and I'm going to try and keep it short so we have our time for our meeting tonight about uh, winter retreat. But, so there's three main characters. How many? Three. My voice cracked right there. It's okay. Still going through puberty, as you can tell by my beard. Okay, hold on. i got a side No, Danielle can attest to this. We had family pictures yesterday with Danielle's family, and I was trying to get... Fresh, you know what I mean? And so as you know, I like to keep my beard a little longer than this. Uh, but I pulled out the trimmers, right? And it has this dial that the settings go to a certain place, and the number was on the setting I normally use, okay? And I was like sick, and I go wink and it's like gone. (laughs) You could tell right here, see that? It's like basically gone. And I literally screamed in the back bathroom, Danielle Hervey. And I'll pull it away from the mic so it's not super loud. But I, I'm, like, in the mirror. I was like, oh, I'm about to look fresh. And I go like this. And I go, ah! Okay. Just, like, like, it was, like, I was tripping, right? And I was like, no! You know? And I was, like, banging my head on the wall. And Danielle's like, what is going on? And it, because it's been probably seven years since I've shaved my beard. And usually if I would, like, do something like that or I just mess it up, I'd just shave the whole thing. But I'm a little chubby, so I can't do that. i got to have a little so it looks like I have a chin, um, but anyways, that's why, that's why we're here, okay, that has nothing to do with what I'm preaching about today, three characters, how many, okay, <laughs> so uh, there is this guy named Zerubbabel, <laughs> you want to try it, uh, Zerubbabel, um, and there's a guy named Ezra, And there's a guy named Nehemiah. Nehemiah. You got it. So Zerubbabel is this guy. He gets sent back with the first wave of folks, right? Uh, Danielle and I are watching this show right now called The One Hundred, where they like live in space because it's like like you know the if you guys have seen it, and they send the hundred back. So Zerubbabel's crew is like the hundred. Okay, so they're they're the first ones back in Israel, and their job is to rebuild the temple. And so they do. They start to rebuild the temple, and they rebuild it's really cool. In in the in Previous time when Solomon built the temple, there was this like move of God that happened in the temple. There's smoke and, and, and God's presence was found in the temple. And so they built this temple and they're like waiting and nothing really happens. And so people are like freaking out. All, and it's like, oh, man, it's not really what it is. And so it's a good thing turned kind of bad. Anybody ever been there where like we have a good thing and it kind of turns bad? That's kind of what the theme is here in these two books. We have good intentions and it kind of turns bad. Um, And so because Zerubbabel goes to build the temple, but then here's what happens. There was folks, like if you watch the 100, like the grounders who were left on kind of around Israel who weren't exiled. They kind of just hung around or hid out or something. And so those folks came out of the you know woods, whatever, and they're like, hey, we want to help you build the temple. And Zerubbabel like basically curses at them. And he's like, you're not one of us. Basically saying, like, no, you didn't go what we went, you didn't have to go through what we went through. Like, you weren't exiled. And he says, like, you you can watch from outside, basically. So there's like this like prejudice that starts to happen. These like these weird tension lines between the people who are outside the city and the people who are exiled and all that kind of stuff. And so it was good intentions to build the temple, but do you think God would ever want you to go and tell people that they're not welcome in his house? No. So good intentions with human results Have we ever been there now the next portion is this guy named Ezra and Ezra was a priest and Ezra his thing was really good as well his intention was to bring back social the social life and the spiritual life of Israel right he wanted to bring back uh, people understanding who God was, but more so people understanding the word of God, which is what we're doing in Echo Youth. It's a great thing, right? And so he's teaching people the Torah, and he's, and he's bringing like spiritual reformation to, to Israel. And this is years later after uh, Zerubbabel. Um, but here's the thing that happens too. It's interesting. With Ezra... He at the end of it, everything's cool. Everyone, people are learning about God and learning about the holy scriptures, and everything's great. And then at the end, he puts in this divorce decree. Basically, what happens is the folks who were living inside the walls started to marry the Israelites who were living outside of the walls—the ones that the rebel didn't like. And so, and God never told Ezra to do anything, but the hot, the the kind of higher ups in Israel were telling uh, Ez, Ezra that the law said that you can't marry someone who's not an Israelite. Marry someone from the outside. So Ezra writes this law that basically says all of those marriages are annulled, which means they're, they're canceled, which means all those women and children are kicked out of the city. So all of a sudden, we have Ezra who wanted to bring spirituality back to Israel and bring learning about God back to Israel. And it's all great, good intentions. And at the end of it, he gets so focused on the words instead of the God who put the words there that he then made a rule that said all these women and children that are a part of a family were ripping you from your father and were sending you outside of the walls all because I think that's what the word says in here. And that's kind of heavy. And I want to say for us, let us never in our endeavor of trying to learn more about God and read the word that we forget who put the word in the Bible. Right there's many things let me give you an example. We try to tie this to the New Testament. There's a story of Jesus and a woman caught in adultery. You guys know this story? Anybody know the story? And the woman is caught in adultery. She, she, which means she you know cheated on her husband or, or, or was a part of an affair or whatever. And the, the, the law of Moses said that if a woman was caught in adultery, she would be stoned to death. You'd throw rocks at her until she died. That's what the law says. So... Then what happens is Jesus is there. So these guys are trying to catch Jesus being uh, someone who's against the word of God. And so they say, Jesus, the law of Moses says that we should kill this woman. What do you say? What does Jesus say? Jesus says, notice one thing, though, in this, in this story, Jesus doesn't say you're wrong. Have you ever noticed that in the story? Jesus doesn't say, it uh, doesn't say that. Jesus agrees. It does it. But what he says is, you who have never sinned, throw the first stone. Whoa. Now this brings a new perspective to the law. Not that the law is trying to say who's imperfect. The law is trying to point to someone who might actually just be perfect and the realization that there's only one, <laughs> and it's Jesus. The point of the law is not not, not to, to, to chastise all these people. It's, just, no, it's for the Israelites to realize that we cannot do this. We can't, and we need God. And so the point here for us as Echo Youth learning the Bible is not to end up like Ezra where we're making rules where we're at school and we're like, hey, you can't hang out with me because you don't believe in Jesus. Or you can't come to youth group because you're doing things that I wouldn't approve of. Does that make sense? What happens is is if we do this in the right way, we approach folks at school, not like Ezra did where we make rules that put people outside the walls. We know a God who would want people to be invited inside the walls. And so we're we're a, a youth group that because of how we're learning about God, because we're learning about the love of God, we say to the folks at school, come as you are. And God loves you enough to not keep you as you are. And that's the best thing about it is not that God just affirms us in whatever mess that we're in, but that he brings us out of the mess that we're in and brings us into new life. Amen? <clears throat> okay. But still, the, story, the theme of the story is good intentions with human results. Oh. Good intentions with human results. This happens to me all the time. I have good intentions, with human results, when I'm interacting with my wife, oftentimes. She'll do something, I approve of it or I don't approve of it, and I'll say something, I'm trying to help, but then I say it too harsh. She's like, you're being a jerk. I'm like, you're right. It's good intentions with human results. Anybody ever been there? Okay. Now, the third person is Who? Nehemiah. All right, okay. So we had Zerubbabel, who's going to rebuild the temple. We have Ezra, who's going to rebuild spirituality in the in Israel, and we have Nehemiah, who wants to rebuild the walls. Now Nehemiah is dope. Nehemiah is cool. Nehemiah is what they would call a layman. He was a, a, an official in the government, uh, but he was not a priest, a prophet. He was he was just a normal guy who realized that we need to rebuild the walls, right? He said that we got to protect the city. We're going to rebuild the walls. He gathers. He's one of the best leaders in the Bible. He gathers all these people. They rebuild the walls. It's really really cool, but still imperfect. But him and Ezra bring spiritual renewal. They have this seven day festival uh, where they just read the Bible and 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 or the Torah is what it was called at that time. They 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 read it and it's great and everyone's worshiping and it's all awesome. Uh, but Nehemiah up, still opposes the folks that are outside of the walls. It's still this kind of like us versus you thing. But Nehemiah was probably the closest to, 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 to good out of all of them, and he's, and he's really fighting, really doing things. And at the end, he says, man, like this looks great. Everything inside the walls looks great. We've done it all, spiritual renewal, the temple's rebuilt, the walls are built, it's really great. And then he realizes once again, human, in, I mean, <laughs> good intentions and what kind of results? human results because what happens he goes to the temple and he realizes that the temple is not being taken care of and it's understaffed and it's a mess it's like, oh. and then he realizes also that the spiritual reformation of Israel is not working because people are uh, how, would, how, how did I write this down <laughs> I was trying to go off it People are violating the Torah. They are breaking all the rules. They're working on Sabbath. They're doing all these things. And then even the thing that he did, rebuild the wall. They started building markets up against the wall to to work on Sabbath. And he's like, oh, man, once again, good intentions, human results. Now, here's the interesting thing. There's a couple things in this story that, that's basically just me telling you a story. Here's the couple take homes, okay? Number one is that God's promises always come true. God said that He would bring the children of Israel out of bondage, and He did. They came back. There's prophecies in Jeremiah that happened that they would come back to the city, and they did. God's promises always come true. If we read the Bible and God says this is going to happen in your life, it's going to happen. He's got plans for us. We're going to, we're, 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 uh, the type of people that are going to prosper, we're going to get through suffering, we're going to walk through all these things. Those things are all true. God's promises are always true. Amen? The next thing I see is that renewal is possible. So in the small stories, there's uh, good intentions, human results, but here's the thing that most folks don't talk about is that after Israel gets exiled and comes back, guess what never comes back with them? Idol worship. Which if you remember from Genesis all the way up until now, one of their issues is they kept worshiping other gods. Do you guys remember that? They kept worshiping other gods. And like in our lives, it's not as much that we like worship other gods, but we put things above God. Like in our lives, we put video games above God. We put our self-image above God. We put our social life above God. We put uh, even okay I'm gonna say it we put our desire to be uh to have people care about our anxiety and depression above God we put uh society and culture has put sexuality way above God these are all idols right but something that happens here in the story it's very interesting is as Israel's exiled and they come back they never practice idol worship again it's interesting <clears throat> All to say that renewal is possible. So, what do I mean? What do I mean by this? Have, have any of you ever found yourself just doing something over and over again that you really don't want to do? Anybody? Can we be honest? Can we ra- go ahead, raise your hand if you've ever been there. <clears throat> I'm raising my hand. Where we, I find myself in situations where it's like, oh, man, I, I used to struggle with anger issues, right? And and I would find myself just like, oh, I got angry too often. I got angry, and even today, I feel like I do pretty good. But sometimes I find myself in situations where I'm like, I, I'm doing it again. I'm just mad for no reason. I'm pretty good at not like out, having the outburst, but I find myself just being mad for no reason. It's like, ugh, oh, I keep, it's this cycle. And if we're being honest with ourselves, when we go through the cycle, sometimes we just feel like we can't ever get out of it. She's like, man, I just can't stop being negative. I can't stop finding myself being depressed. I can't stop finding myself being anxious, even though the Bible says, don't worry. I can't stop lying. I can't stop uh, uh, having lustful thoughts. I can't stop fill in the blank. It's just like, oh, I can't stop. And up until this point, Israel couldn't stop <laughs> doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. But then all of a sudden, this idol worship thing just drops off of them. Which This isn't the main point of the message, but it's something I think that's important. That is if we just keep pushing on, if we just keep, just keep pressing on, just keep pursuing God, and we just keep going, and we just keep doing things, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it requires a, 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 some painful things. But eventually, those things that we feel like we could never get rid of are going to fall off in our lives. As we continue, As we continue to pursue God. what happened they came back to the city they came back to rebuild the temple to rebuild the spiritual life to rebuild the walls and those things broke off amen so here's where we'll wrap it all up how does this point to Jesus because we gotta, we got to make sure everything points back to Jesus, right? Because it always does. The whole book is about him and how much he loves us. And so there's a couple of things I see here. Good intentions, human results. Can flip and did flip when Jesus enters the scene because it's good intentions with God results. And so we see, like, they, try, they come back to try and rebuild the temple. What does Jesus do when he dies on the cross for our sins? The veil is torn. There's no more need for a separation between us and him. And he says, we are the temple. But it still is the same as, as they look back on it. It's like, oh, they're not taking care of the temple. Oh, we got to take care of ourselves too. Take care of ourselves physically. We take care of ourselves mentally, spiritually. Ask the question to yourself in the mirror, man, how's your soul? <laughs> How are you? Jesus rebuilds the temple in all of us. The next thing we see, Ezra is trying to rebuild the spiritual life, trying to rebuild all these different things. And he does it by focusing on the Word of God. And the coolest thing about Jesus is not that he focuses on the Word of God, though he does, but he is the Word of God. And the Bible says the Word became flesh. John chapter one says the word was with God. The word it was on our game today. (laughs) The word was God. So Jesus, the very word of God, comes to us in fleshy form. The last one is Nehemiah, who builds these walls in order to keep certain people out of the city. And Jesus. At the cost of his own life, brings people back into the city. And though Nehemiah had good intentions to build the walls, ultimately it was to keep people out. And Jesus died, sacrificed himself, so that he could bring people in. So, let us be a people that have good intentions, but don't do it without God's word. That's the problem that happens is when we do things like Ezra. Remember Ezra, he puts in this divorce decree because he thinks it's what God wants, but it's not what God wants. Why? Because he didn't ask God if he wanted it. So for us, as we have good intentions, let's ask God, God, is this what you want in our lives? God, is this what you want for my friends? God, is this what you want me to do? And as we do that, we will then have good intentions with God results, not good intentions with human results. Amen? And so let's live life as a, as a, as a young people that we're looking uh, for the things of God, for the, 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 the ways that God is going to do things, but asking him, God, is this your will? Is this what you want to do? And then we jump on it and get it. Amen? Friday night's going to be awesome. The furious love of Jesus. It's going to be great. Next week, we're going to talk about Esther. It'll be a really fun week, a really powerful woman in the Bible. So uh, let me pray over you. And then we're going to switch gears here at the end. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Thank you for how it guides us, how it pierces our hearts, how it convicts us. But how it makes us whole, God. How it leads us into a better life, God. Help us to... God, long for moments with you. God, long for worship with you, but also long for your word, God, to just open our Bibles and read it and experience who you are. Thank you for this group. Thank you for uh, the leaders in this group. God, thank you for uh, allowing Danielle and I to be the ones that get to be here to love on these students. And so, Lord, would you be with us this week as we go up the mountain? Keep us safe in our uh, travels. Uh, But, God, as we move into 2024. God, let this be a year that your presence is felt mightily in this county because of this youth group, and so we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.